0: I'm not nearly as cool as what this jacket makes me out to be. Um, So (laughs) this morning, uh, we're going to open up to Philippians chapter 4. It's not going to be on the screen here yet. Um, We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4 just to get started. Uh, And we're going to start out here in uh, verse 11. It says, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We like to put that verse on workout t-shirts. So we've been in in this... uh, series called Escape Room, and we started out the series talking about how uh, you know Jesus came into our lives so that He could break all the chains, uh, all the chains of sin um, off of off of our lives, and, and He does that. But we also have the opportunity to reconnect those links, and if you didn't get a chance to hear that sermon, I would invite you to go back uh, onto our podcast and and listen to that, because the the rest of the series kind of builds off of that, because all of this is practical tools uh, for you to be able to break various things off of your life, Um, but if you don't understand the concept that you can reconnect to those things, then you'll find yourself back at where you started, Um, And uh, so last week, Pastor Ross talked about the idea of breaking off anxiety, and um, today as we look at that scripture in Philippians chapter 4, you know, it's the idea that, you know, we can be content no matter where we are, but, um, you know, a lot of times what ends up happening is, is we find ourselves in a rut. You know, that's talking about uh, specifically finances, but um, we we find ourselves in a rut in in different areas of our lives, whether that's our job or uh, maybe kids, right? Any parents in here that sometimes you feel like you get into a rut? I told you I don't know how many times to obey your mother, right? We, we have those conversations. Um, you, you find yourself in a rut in finances and, and whatever else. Um, so, you know, sometimes, though, we need to understand what the difference is between a rut and a routine, Okay? A routine is something that is designed to move you forward. You do the same thing over and over again, but it's designed to move you forward. Like uh, our people who have been dedicated to celebrate recovery, they go and it's, it's weekly, it's consistent, but it's consistent and it's the same so that they can move forward, right? And, and so a rut, on the other hand, though, that, that is something that you do over and over again and it doesn't lead you anywhere, all right? Anybody feel like that in your job? Show Show of hands. Don't raise your hand if your boss is in here. Okay, so, yeah, so, you know, here's the thing. For me, I've got, I've got a pretty good routine in the morning. My wife makes fun of me, because I, I get up typically around 5.30 or so, which means I'm in bed at 9.30 most nights, and so my wife calls me an old man. Um, but I enjoy my routine. My routine, I read uh, a while back, it was several years ago, that the most successful people in the world get up before six o'clock, and I was getting up at 8.30, Right and and so I was like, well, that's not gonna work, um, and so, so I started out just trying to go to like 5:30, and I I went from 8:30 to 5:30. That's a big difference, and I after day two, I was like, forget this, man, this is stupid, <laughs> but. I was dedicated to it, though. Like, I, I knew that for me, before work, I wasn't getting enough uh, reading time. I wasn't getting enough time to exercise before work. I wasn't getting enough time to pray. I wasn't getting enough time to do anything and, and have time to just think. And so I, I figured out, all right, if I just back this up 30 minutes, back up my, my wake-up time 30 minutes every three to four weeks, then over time, I will make it to 5.30. And, and that's exactly how I did it, because I was like, well, you know, th- it's just 30 minutes difference, so it's not that bad. And then once I got used to that for several weeks, well, then it was like, all right, well, now I'm used to this, so then I just backed it up even further. And, and so I got into a good routine with that, and, and that's what helped pr- move me forward. I, I got into another routine also. My, my other routine is that I eat peanut butter and jelly just about every day. You're like, well, how does that help you? Well, it saves me a lot of money. That's how it helps me. It saves me a lot of money. I had a young lady that worked for me uh, one time and uh, she was a single mom, worked so hard. Um, And she was making $11 an hour, I know because I was her manager, right? She was making $11 an hour trying to take care of her kid and she was by herself. Um, and I showed up at her store one day talking with her, and she's like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch an Uber because my car is down right now. I'm going to catch an Uber over to this taco place, and, and then I'll, I'll be right back. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You make $11 an hour, right? She's like, yeah. And I said, you got to take care of your kid, right? And Nobody else is helping you. Well, yeah. How much is this Uber and taco place going to cost you? She's like, I don't know, probably 10 $12 by the time I'm done. I said, do you know how much a loaf of bread costs? That one meal is going to get you for this lunch period, and that's going to cost you $10 or $12. You could spend $10 or $12 on bread, peanut butter, and jelly, and that's going to get you through the whole week. Right? Some of us need to hear that today. That, none of that was in the notes. Y'all need to hear, y'all need to be eating some peanut butter and jelly because you're throwing all your money away. I don't know why, somebody needs that message this morning. <laughs> I'm going to see Instagram posts of sandwiches all week. <laughs> but, but seriously though, we end up, we find ourselves in various ruts, right? We find ourselves in ruts in relationships. Um, our, our jobs, our jobs are a big one, right? Uh, anybody, not current, anybody experienced a rut in your job in the past we will say that. Yes, lots of us. Men, where we show up, and, and it's all good intentions. We show up because, well, we got to provide for our family, right? Uh, we got to provide, you know, and 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 make a better life for ourselves, and and well, this is part of, you know, the next step in my climb up the corporate ladder, or whatever it is. And so we go and we go and we go. But but at times it can feel really unfulfilling um, if you don't understand why you're there in the first place, um, and, and that's really where a lot of ruts can happen. Is whenever whatever you're doing. Uh, feels like it has no purpose, um, and, and that's where I think a lot of ruts are born, and, and here's, what, here's what I'm going to tell you today. Today, you need an activator. Everybody say activator. activator. You need an activator. Has, has anybody in here ever heard of the term prophetic activator? Anybody? Like two people. Good. This is new information. So there's something called a prophetic activator or a spiritual activator it's where you engage with God on something, and, and it's, it's physical in its nature, and then God responds, okay? That's what you need. You need an activator in here. And, and, and so that's kind of the punchline of the whole sermon, but here's where we're going with it, okay? So you need to understand that there is a truth that is easily identifiable, and there is a lie that is very broad and identifiable because it doesn't measure up to the truth. Let's take a look at that real quick. The truth is to get out of the rut you are in, you need a consistent supernatural encounter with God. Now that that is in response to the activator in your life, okay? That's in response to that. So that's the truth. Anything else, so you see the lie down here. It's, It's anything else besides a consistent supernatural encounter with God. If you want to get out of the rut that you're in, you'd need a consistent supernatural encounter with God. And and we can find that in scripture. If you'll go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter 3, you know, we'll we'll see kind of an activator at work here um, so that they can start seeing a supernatural encounter with God. You know, an easy way for you to understand what an activator is. Um, So I enjoy exercise uh, and and I I do workouts, you know, about four times a week or so. Um, I, I do my workout and uh, over the past eight weeks or so, I've kind of gotten into a rut with my workout routine. I, I go and I do it, but I'm not enjoying it. It's not really moving me forward at all. I'm just kind of maintaining, and that's not what I want. And so uh, occasionally, from time to time, I will realize I need an activator, and sometimes that might just be me changing up the workout routine, finding something new that's exciting to do. Um, recently, I just got it in yesterday, I review that workout. Perfect. <laughs> So, yeah, so I I ordered some pre-workout. That's enough for me to be able to get a kickstart in the morning, and and I'm ready to get into my workout, Um, and and that helps me get out of a rut, and that's kind of what we need. So as we go to 2 Kings chapter 3, uh, we're going to see where this is at work here. 2 Kings chapter 3, uh, verse 9 is where we're going to start. So uh, just to give you a little bit of backstory here, uh, the Moabites are rising up against these three kings, and now they're ready to go to war, and so they've got their army uh, out. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they made a circuit of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the army or for the cattle that followed them. That's a bad day, right? Seven days, ready to fight, but you don't have any water. Then the king of Israel said, Alas! For the Lord has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. All right, so this is the moment for them whenever this king is realizing we're in a bad situation. We're in a bad situation. We're not going anywhere that we want to go, and, and, and we're kind of hopeless at this point. But then Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Now Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. This is him being sarcastic. All right? uh, and the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. We're going to pause right there. Here's the thing that we need to understand about the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. All right, before Jesus came along, right, you had to go to specific people to hear God speak. Unless you were one of the Lord's prophets, you had to go to hear the Lord speak to to your situation. Then Jesus comes on the scene, he he dies on the cross, resurrects, and now the the temple of the living Lord is inside of us, Uh, and, and now we are directly connected to the Holy Spirit. So if you believe in Jesus in this place, you have a direct connection to a speaking God. That's really, really important that you understand that. Like, going to your friends to hear what God has to say for your life, while at times finding a mature believer who is experienced in hearing the voice of God can be beneficial, if you're always running to other people to hear what God has to say for your life, you're living in the Old Testament instead of living directly connected to God. You have the ability to hear the voice of God, period. If you believe in Jesus, you have that ability. All right. <clears throat> he said, thus says the Lord. Make this valley full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. Then you shall strike every fortified city and every choice city, and fell every good tree, and stop all springs of water, and mar every good piece of land with stones." It happened in the morning about the time of offering the sacrifice that, behold, water came by way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. So if, as we back up a little bit here to verse 16, we understand that the army is tired. They're worn out. They don't have any water, probably a bit dehydrated, right? And so here's the thing. They, they go and they seek out God. They, they seek to speak with God, and so uh, God God chooses to interact with them in that moment because they 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 went after God, and so God came down and He said, "All right, draw near to Me. I'll draw near to you." Right, and so they start speaking with God through Elisha, and God says, "I know you're tired. I know you're worn out. I know it's not a good situation, but I need you to do something else. It's a physical act. You need to go dig some trenches. Right, do the work before the miracle happens." Some of y'all need to hear that. It's going to require you to do work before the miracle happens. So the Bible, this is where it's tough for me this week, all right? I I was coming in this morning really expecting to have just this this fun, lighthearted sermon, and and it occurs to me that the Bible can teach you how to, but it can't teach you to want to. And that is a harsh reality you're going to have to face if you want to move forward in your Christian walk. The Bible can teach you how to, but it cannot teach you to want to. You have to want to. You have to be in a rut, in a place in your life where you're like, you know what? I'm tired of these circumstances. I feel purposeless. I feel useless. These relationships aren't working the way that I want them to, and, and my finances aren't working the way that I want them to. My kids aren't behaving the way that I'm, I'm hoping that they would, and, and you know what? I'm tired of this. I don't have any energy left, and you know what the Lord of hosts says to you? He says, go dig the valley full of trenches. Then you'll see a miracle happen. Then you'll see a miracle happen. And what I love about our God is that, you know, he says, go dig the valley full of trenches. I see your need. I see right where you are. Let's all close our eyes for just a second. Close your eyes for just a second. In God's sight, you are the only person that he sees right now. That's hard in a room like this, right? You see all the people around you, but you need to know that God has has like this, this spotlight right on your life, and he sees you right where you are in this moment. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He has heard your cries. He has heard your needs. He has seen your rut. And the Lord of hosts says, dig the valley full of trenches. You can open your eyes. And what happens is, is that water comes rushing in and, and, and God says, here's the thing. I, I, I see that you need water and you're not just gonna get water. Yes, I'm gonna provide water for you, I'm gonna provide the miracle for you, but then I am an abundant God. Everybody say abundant. Abundant. I am an abundant God, I'm gonna provide all of the water that you need and then I'm gonna go beyond that and you're gonna strike down all the Moabites. You're gonna start conquering land that you didn't think was possible for you to conquer. And I'm gonna help you through all of that, I just need you to engage with me for one second and I need you to dig the valley full of trenches. Let's go to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. We're going to start out here in verse 11. It's talking about Jacob. Jacob. All right, so to this point, um, he's been at home, he's been a mama's boy. Uh, Staying, staying at home, and uh, now his, his parents have sent him away because he just did a bad thing, and now he's off on his own. Uh, and so this millennial uh, starts walking out in the desert. <laughs> that was funny. I was looking at my Bible when that came up, so it had to be spiritual, right? <laughs> he came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place. He had a dream. And behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now that's important. We're going to come back to that. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac and the land on which you lie. I will give it to you and your descendants Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Yeah, sometimes for us, our rut is busyness. Sometimes we're, we're so focused on where we're going and where we're trying to get to that we're busy, 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 right? Right? Uh, maybe that's for you in work and, and you gotta put in a ton of hours. You just worked an 80, 90, 100 hour week because you're trying to take care of your family and, and, and then whenever you get home, you got stuff that you have to do at home, right? And, and it's like the work never stops and, and I kind of feel that way for Jacob here because it, it says that he laid his head down. God could have spoke to him at any point in his life, right? Because God is omnipotent, he's all powerful. He could have spoken at any point in Jacob's life but he had to wait, for whatever reason, he had to wait until he went to sleep. Some of y'all in this place need rest to get out of the rut. Some of y'all need to stop worrying about ball so much and worry about rest a little bit more. And, and so God encounters him and, and, and he has a dream. And, and God is still the same that he was back then. So if you get dreams in here, sometimes those dreams might just be from God. Don't discount your dreams Sometimes you ate bad pizza, but sometimes God is speaking to you. (laughs) I've been privileged to have just a couple of dreams from God in my life. It's only been, I think, three uh, in my life, Um, but some people get them a little bit more often than that. And and so I just want to encourage you, if you wake up one morning and you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I think that was from God, maybe you ought to take some time and pray about that because God just might be speaking to you in that moment. I just want to pause for a second. The, the Bible is the same now that it was 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago. You want, you want God to speak to you through dreams and visions? You, you want to see miracles of healing happen? It, it hasn't changed. Our God hasn't changed. I'm, I'm an I'm a old, old school Baptist kid, right? <laughs> I didn't even know about the Holy Spirit growing up. And just in this past year, I've been looking for the encounters with God. And, and can I just tell you from somebody who's never experienced stuff like that in my past, it's real. You can't tell me. You can, you can argue with logic all you want. I'm telling you right now that the fact that my ankle is healed from having torn ligaments, and I went for eight weeks without being able to walk on it, right? And then I prayed for it. I laid hands on it, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to heal. I went out on a limb, and I was like, listen, if if I'm going to preach about this, if I'm going to see it in Scripture, I'm going to choose to believe it. And so in this moment, I'm going to lay my hands on my ankle and command it to heal. And then by the time I was done, when I started, I was limping into the chair. By the time I got up out of the chair, I was jumping around with no pain. There was a guy, there's a guy that goes to this church and he may choose to reveal himself to you at some point, but he had bad arthritis in his knees. And I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing, but I believe that, that the God of miracles is still active today, so I'm gonna go out on a limb here and we're just gonna try this thing out. I laid hands on that dude's knees who couldn't stand up without excruciating pain and he loves to work out. He loves to work out, he could never do squats because his knees hurt so dang bad. I laid hands on his knees, the arthritis is gone. That dude is doing squats like you don't even know. That stuff is real. It happens. And and sometimes we're so caught up in understanding exactly the process and exactly the logic, you can't logic your way into a supernatural God. Sometimes you have to be willing to just step out and say, you know what? I don't know, but I do know that I believe in this Bible. This is what I do know. And so as a result, I'm going to step out. I might look stupid in the process, but I'm going to step out and see what God wants to do. And whenever you start doing that, crazy stuff starts happening. Supernatural stuff starts happening. You don't have to have it all figured out to move in the the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't. You don't have to have it all figured out. Lord knows I don't. So Here's, here's where I'm going with, with Jacob in this dream. God gives him a dream, and he starts speaking. And, and Jacob in that moment could have chosen, I'm, I'm going to write off this as just something crazy that just happened. I'm, I'm overworked. I'm, I'm overheated. Or I can choose to wake up just to wake, and believe that the Lord of hosts just spoke to me. And he chooses to wake up and believe that the Lord just spoke to him. I need another microphone maybe. If y'all want to bring me one, I'll take one. So check it out. So God speaks to him. God speaks to him through this dream. He, he, he wakes up and he pours oil all right so in verse 18 it says so Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that he put under his head and set it up under the pillar and uh, up as a pillar and poured oil on its top he called the name of that place Bethel however previously the name of the city was Luz so he, he wakes up and he chooses to engage physically. He's tired, he's, he's worn out. God just spoke to him in a dream. And he's like, you know what, man? The, the God of the universe just spoke to me. I, I'm going to uh, engage with him. And this is a, this is a, a spiritual or a prophetic activator for him because if you start going into chapter 31, all of a sudden he's walking and, and he's, he's in, his, uh, in his brother-in-law's or, or father-in-law's uh, house and, and, and the voice of God comes to him clearly. He's not asleep at this point. It was that one moment, that one moment that he chose to engage with God. Now all of a sudden it's opened up all of the other scenarios. So he wakes up and and now God is speaking to him in chapter 31 openly. He hears the voice of God audibly. Then in chapter 32, it goes on, and and he encounters angels. He's walking along through the desert. He's walking, and then all of a sudden, he sees a couple of guys come up, and the dude is so spiritually awake that he goes, those are angels. All right. Sup, dog, and he gives him a high five and says, Welcome. And 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 he calls that place, you know, the 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 camp of the Lord because he realizes angels are in that place and he starts having all these different spiritual encounters that he wasn't expecting to happen. Why? Because he took he took one opportunity to engage with God. Whenever he's tired, whenever he's worn out, he's he's running away from his past. So many people run from their past to never run to God. And and we've got to take a chance to say, I know what I'm running from, but now the God of the universe wants to encounter me. He wants to engage with me, and there is something that he wants to speak into my life. There are more encounters that he wants to speak into my life and, and engage with me on. And so as a result, whenever all, all of a sudden you're in the middle of your workplace and you start engaging with God, then the relationships start, start changing. Because now it's like, hey, I, I, need, I need advice, Oscar. I need, I need it prophetically to different people. He's been praying for people. Whenever that lady at Oscar's job lost her baby, he was the first one to go pray with them. Nobody else could offer me peace. Everybody else offered me a cup of coffee and some cookies and said, I hope you feel better soon. But Oscar went over and he prayed for me. And, and, and suddenly things start changing and now all of a sudden that dead-end job, that pointless, purposeless job, now all of a sudden you start to see God in the middle of your presence. See, Jacob woke up and said, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it. I've been in this place and God was here the whole time. I didn't realize it, but God was already here. And so many people in this room, you go to a dead-end job every day, you go to your to your uh, uh, office, You you go to your school, you go to study, you go to to your different relationships, right? And and you're like, it's just the same thing over and over again. You go to your children, and, and you're trying to get them to act the right way. You're trying to raise them up. You're trying to help them. And it's like, man, this is pointless. This doesn't make any sense. But then if you could have one moment, and this is my prayer for you, that you would have one moment where you wake up and you say, oh, my God, you are in this place. And I didn't even know it. Now we can start to walk with our eyes open. We can start to walk with our eyes open and start looking for God in the different scenarios. We start looking for Him. Oh, man, this person has been irritating me for years because of how they talk bad about me. I didn't realize they had a troubled past. I didn't realize that they were so insecure about themselves that they had to tear everybody else down. God, thank you for showing me that. I'm going to look for how to build them up. I instantly provided purpose in the middle of that moment because I realized that God is in this place. Totally changes your perspective. Let's go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Starting in verse 40, 45, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Some of y'all need to be willing to tell Christians in your life that don't believe the miracles that you've experienced, Come and see. Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Jesus just made a reference to Jacob. He's calling Nathaniel Jacob and he's saying, you've been asleep for a long time, Nathaniel. You've been asleep for a long time, but you just woke up. You woke up. And now, just like Jacob started being aware of the various situations and encounters in his life as he journeyed from place to place in what seemed like purposeless wandering, now all of a sudden he started encountering God all over the place. And Nathaniel, you just woke up. Be prepared to start finding me all over the place, seeing miracles all over the place. And now what has seemed like pointless, uh, sitting underneath your fig tree where you find that you are safe and secure, sometimes safety and security can be just a rut for your life. And he says, I'm calling you out into greater things and you are going to see my miracles. You are going to see me do incredible things that other people won't see me do. Why? Because you just woke up and you're going to choose to engage with me that's what we need in this place. And, you know, as I was, as I was thinking about how, how do we actually engage with God, though, you know, I thought about all kinds of really theological words, right, that really don't mean squat to anybody. So we start boiling it down. We boil it down into how do we engage with God? How, how do we wake up? How do we start encountering God? And and I, I was brought to a scripture, and, and I actually, I, I, so I was I was thinking about this scripture. I just have to preface this, right? So I, I listened to Louis Giglio. Um, he's a he's an all right preacher, I guess. Um, <laughs> some people like him. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was listening to him, and and he happened to bring up the scripture that I'm about to bring up. Um, and, and I just want to want you to know, I didn't steal anything, okay? <laughs> um, it just happens. But let's go to Matthew chapter 17 it's to different people are across the globe right now. So let's go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. So there's this father who has a demon-possessed boy. And, and, and the father goes to the disciples and, and he says, hey, listen, I need you to cast this demon out of my kid. I need you to cast the demon out, and so the disciples do what they're supposed to do. They they know the things that they're supposed to do, or whatever, and um, and it's not working. And so the father then brings the boy to Jesus, and Jesus responds was like, ah, "Unbelieving nation, you know, how long do I have to put up with you guys?" and and, and then. After he casts out the demon, because a crowd starts coming around. So it's all happening relatively quickly. Uh, and so the, they gather around, and, and Jesus says, All right, get out of the boy. Don't you ever come back, right? And so the demon leaves. It's awesome. It's a great moment. The, the, father, has his da- uh, the father has his son back. Um, and it's a really exciting moment for us. But then the disciples say, Well, Jesus, why couldn't we cast out the demon? You know, we've done this a lot, we know how to cast out demons. Here's what Jesus' response is. He says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So I looked at various commentaries and and whatnot trying to understand this, and there's not much out there. And as I I look at that passage, praying over it, if you go back to Matthew chapter six, he starts, Jesus talks about how to practice your righteousness. The, the, the common things you should be doing if you're gonna follow Jesus, two of the things in there are prayer and fasting. You know, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense because the whole, the whole interchange between the Father and Jesus didn't take very much time. It said that a, a crowd was gathering around them. So it's not like Jesus could have fasted for any longer than a couple of minutes in that moment, right? It just didn't seem to make sense, but then whenever you put it into context that these are the things that you're supposed to be doing on a regular basis. And and so they wanna see a supernatural encounter with God, but here's what God's response is. Here's what Jesus, it's hard work is. He says, listen, you wanna see a supernatural encounter with me? Unfortunately, it's hard work. It's doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, the small things. I talk with people and they'll be like, man, I need help with this or I need help with that. And I really need God to show up. And so I'll ask like, okay, so are you praying? Well, I pray sometimes. Yeah, 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 I've prayed to God about this. Okay. Are you reading your Bible at all? No, not really. Listen, this is the hard part of this message it's hard to get an answer from God that you never pray to. And can I just say that probably the reason why some of you don't pray more often is because you're afraid that you're gonna mess it up. Listen, just step out on a limb and, and start talking to God. It's, I know it might be awkward if you don't pray currently it might feel awkward. You're by yourself, just start talking to God. And then as you do it more and more, you get more comfortable with it. That's just kind of the way that it works. And, and so, do we, need, do we need a prophetic activator? Yes. Do we need something? physical to engage with God so that so that we can start having more encounters with God I believe that yes absolutely but the question is if I just leave it at that and I give you nothing practical to walk away with besides go and and search for that and you're like Brantley I don't even pray I don't even read my Bible then then none of that means anything I can teach you how to but I can't teach you to want to You have to want to move forward with God more than you're scared to. I can't teach you that part. You have to want that for yourself and then you just have to step out. Say, all right, I I don't know exactly what I'm doing here but I'm just gonna step out and and give it a shot. And, And then as you start talking with God, there's gonna come a moment whenever God speaks something very clearly to you, says, all right, you want your activator? Here's what it is. I don't know when that's gonna be. It's up to you. It's up to you and God. Let's close with this last scripture. It's Acts chapter two. This is, this is your practical, practical verse and application here. This is what we wanna do. So if, if you're looking for that moment, this is what you do. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's, that's finding sermons, that's, that's finding uh, you know, various podcasts to listen to, that's coming to church, that's reading your Bible, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, that's being together, being around people that are going to lift you up, people that are gonna encourage you even when you feel stupid. You need people that are going to say, this is a good idea. You need people around you that are gonna link arms with you and say, yeah, you, you wanna pursue God? Good idea. I'm gonna be there with you while you do this. And I'm gonna pursue God. You know, some of my best friendships are the ones where I don't just teach them something, but they also teach me something. Pastor Marvin, I'll speak into my relationship with Pastor Marvin. There are times whenever he comes to me and I get to teach him things, there are other times that I go to him and he teaches me things. Why? Because we're in this together and, and we want to both move forward. And to prayer, you've got to be willing to pray. And check it out. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. They devoted devoted themselves to those simple things and they started seeing all kinds of crazy stuff happen. If you want to get out of the rut in your life, you need consistent, supernatural encounters with God and it's not far-fetched. It's simple, but it's not easy. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much, Lord. I thank you that You are a speaking God. Lord, I thank you that there are people in this room who want to encounter you, God. And and Lord, I, I pray that you don't wait, God. I pray that whatever desire they have to pursue you, God, that you elevate that a little bit more, God. You impart a little bit more faith to them, God, to step out. I want to throw this out there to everyone. If you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you're in a rut and you want a relationship with Jesus, I want you to raise your hand this morning. Raise it high so I can see you. All right. If that's you in this place, I want you to pray with me. God, I believe that your son Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected to save me from myself and to save me from my sins. Thank you for saving me, God. It's in Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.